All right, we mentioned WDIV in this uh, documentary. Uh, Eli Zarat not only was a part of WDIV for six years, from 1980 to 1986, he is an executive producer on this documentary, which airs on Friday night. Eli, how are you? Good, good, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. So what year did WDIV come into existence? WDIV was the 10th station in the country and the first in Detroit in 1947, and the following year, 48, channels 2 and 7, came on the air. So WDIV was first. And what do they consider the official birth of television? What year? You know, I think it was, there were some, there was a couple in New York, Washington, I believe 46. Wow. They, they waited until the war was over. I think 46, but uh, like I said, there were there were nine stations before um, 47 when uh, Detroit News, the Evening News Association, owners of uh, Channel 4 went on the air. Is there any, is there archival footage in this thing of of nineteen forty seven or eight, there is. in fact, there's even archival. There's there's still pictures of in forty six in October. They did a test. They had wow. a bunch of people at the at the convention center, and they sent a signal from the Penobscot building, like you know, a couple blocks away. And people stood there in stunned disbelief that somehow through the air you could send pictures wow. that moved, and you could see them. And I tell wow. you, Mitch, to this day, it's still amazing. You still want to have television work. And was there a news report when WDIV went on the air? Did it have a, a, a news hour? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, in fact, that, that's a great question because at the in the first few years of television, they didn't see it as a news entity. Right. People had newspapers for news. Right. And, w, and, and one of the reasons that Ch Channel 4 was so strong was they had the power of WWJ and w, um, WJA and FM, which were the first two radio stations in the city also. I think WWJAM was. I don't know. Did it beat WJR? Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting ahead of myself yeah. here. But yeah, there's, there's yeah, yeah. WWJ was first. Yeah, WWJ was first. And so so they they did have a new a nightly newscast. Well, I believe it started a little bit after that, and when and when they did at first only like booth announcers read headlines. There were no news people, and then Channel Four, of course, with the Detroit news behind them, started to experiment with it and really dominated dominated because of that and uh, there was a, there was a guy named Dick Westerkamp who was our first super duper uh, TV anchor from wow. the mid-50s until the mid-60s but, but, the, but the basic arc of the story is that with the Detroit News behind them Channel 4 dominated news for the first 20 years 47 to 67 and then their very conservative ownership did a very poor job of covering the riots you know, uh, uh, in fact, they, they went along with what Jerry Cavanaugh and the city manager said. They said, just call it a disturbance. Downplay, because we'll get it under control in a day or so. And young Bill Bond at, at, uh, at Channel 7 said, uh-uh, we're going after this story. And believe it or not, in a three-week span, Channel 4 went from number one to number three in news, losing the trust of their audience. Wow. 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 Fascinating. <laughs> it is a I, wow. It really is. I'm so curious if the first newscast in 1947 said, coming up, dangerous hotel rooms and how germs can be found on you. No, that was the second story. That was the second story. It was the second story. It must have been a sweeps month. That was the second story after Lions lose again. Yeah, yeah Lions lose again. <laughs> or it's going to rain tomorrow. Don't forget your umbrella. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, I mean, obviously, uh, I, this documentary can't go through every year by year. What what what, it, what were the considered like the key moments in WDIV's history? Well, uh, 
I'll, I'll sum it up. The first 20 years, they were dominant. Plus, the NBC network was was the top network and it had the most affiliates. So right. Channel Four really, really owned was was way ahead of the others. In fact, their their news ratings uh, were were more than all the other stations combined. But like wow. I said, they fell into a deep hole. In 1967, for the uh, uh, and also the way they covered the Vietnam War, their very conservative ownership just went along with the company line, and the other stations were more aggressive and more uh, telling the truth. But it wasn't until seven, uh, and they went through a period of six lead anchors in, in the 70s trying to find a combination that would work to, to, to fight against Bonds and Channel 2 also. And in the mid-70s, Channel 7 ownership in New York said to Channel 7 here, buy whoever you want. They went on a campaign. They bought John Kelly to go with Bonds. They they got Al Ackerman, who Channel 4 had let go. They went through this whole uh, uh, and owned the ratings. But then when Post Newsweek came in, they gradually turned it around in 1978 for the next four or five years. And that's kind of the crux of this story, how they went from first to last and then from last to first. And that, that was during a time when you were there, 1980 to 1986, right? Yeah, and, right. I, I got there in 1980. I, I wasn't even aware that the station was, was so far down. But four things that we cite in the documentary made the difference. Number one is they came up with a campaign that had Phoebe Snow, who was a big pop icon of the 70s, yeah. sang this Go For It jingle. And, and, and when that girl jumped over the high jump bar, I'm sure you remember the, the, the high jumper, it just yeah. kind of galvanized the city because there was a recession, there was the auto crisis, and here the kind of message was, hey, you know, don't, don't, don't give up, keep trying, keep pushing ahead, you know, go for it. And, and the station was trying to and the city was trying to. And then, then, then that was also the huge two-year technological changes. Because videotape came into play in 1980. They finally got the porta pack. We could go out and shoot, so no more film at 11. They were able to shoot news during the day and actually get it on at 6 and 11. Right. And satellites, they threw these little these birds up in the sky, and suddenly you could get footage from, from all around the country. You get to work for it a little bit. So that changed everything. And a lot of, a lot of, former, uh, a lot of people got pushed out. I got pushed ahead of Al Ackerman because he did not adjust to the videotape. Sonny Elliott got fired because he was still writing the weather with, with chalk on a blackboard and he wouldn't change. That's right. so the technology yeah. was changing rapidly. The other, the other thing was that uh, in 1981, NBC uh, made Brandon Tartikoff the youngest network president and he started after a bunch of dogs he came up with. Hill Street Blues, Cheers, Miami Vice, Family Ties, The Cosby Show, and so the NBC network right. helped push things forward. And more Krim was brutalized by the, especially as a writer at the Free Press named Chris Fair, who just destroyed it for being a, an outsider. And, and so, anyway, and he was just getting, they were getting crushed by bombs. But Carmen Harlan was ready in 1982, and she kind of softened Mort, made him kind of Detroit, and that was the third thing. And then the other thing was the Tigers got hot. Right. They suddenly got good, fifth place Sparky, who Ackerman used to taunt. And by the way, you know, we were all real nice to Sparky because he gave us such good stuff. Al brutalized him, called him fifth place Sparky, but Sparky was paid, so he went along with it. And then in 84, when Channel 4 owned the rights to the Tigers, that was obviously with the 35 and 5 start. Got yeah. people to watch the rest of the station, enabled Mort and Carmen to become a top news team, and Brandon Tartikoff continued to crank out hits like Golden Girls. And by the end of 85, they had flip-flopped it and it finally edged Bonds in the ratings. So that, wow. that was an interesting wow. period. Yeah. Wow. Story. <laughs> well, this is fascinating uh, stuff. And, it's, it's you know, to hear you tell it, Eli, I remember all these different 
things, and I'm sure everybody who's listening also, I remember that, oh, I remember that, sure. I remember that. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm sure this will be exactly that kind of uh, a broadcast. Good. It's going to be on Friday night at uh, 9 o'clock on DIV. Right, right. And I also Perfect. remember that's, that's when you came. I remember yeah. uh, when I first met you, you were sitting on the du- in the dugout, I think in the opening day in 1985. Yeah. There you were fresh up from Fort Lauderdale, yeah. and uh, you've had a nice run yourself since then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> so I think just still standing is probably considered successful at this point. But uh, it's really, really interesting. We, we, we love this kind of stuff in Detroit where we get to watch our own history. Yeah. So oh, yeah. this is going to be a great was, thing. What was that yeah. thing you and Bernie did called? What was I mean, it? Was what? Bernie it was like a point, point, counterpoint. point counterpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah that was yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, big yeah, yeah. thing on. They probably didn't make the, uh, didn't make the, the documentary. Final <laughs> but I tell you, r- real quick, Mitch, I didn't grow up here. And so I didn't know what went on before 1968 when I got here. And some of these old shows that people my age remember, like Milky the Clown. Who the heck is Milky the Clown? Uh-huh. Oh, horrible <laughs> show. You know, it's horrible show. How, how about George Perot and Michigan Outdoors? There were a lot of firsts, a lot of very yeah. interesting shows that lasted decades that we also go into. Of course, you know, Sonny Elliott in the old days, etc. So yeah. a lot of good personalities and Thanks for helping me, uh, helping us promote it. I think people will enjoy it, whether you're alive in the 60s, 70s, and 80s or not. I think it's an entertaining oh, story. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to watch it with great uh, – I think yeah. Kevin, Kevin O'Neill's already got it circled oh, on I his calendar. I can't wait. Calendar. Yeah, this is going to be so, so we'll good. Get some, Kevin's some having sound, a party. We'll yeah. get some sound bites get from some it. Uh, Friday night party at Kevin's. Yeah. <laughs> the only guy that's going to have a yeah. tailgate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are a riot. Thank you, Eli. Good okay, talking to thanks, you. Thanks, Eli. thanks, everybody. Talk Eli Zarrett. No, Eli, Eli executive produced that uh, documentary. So Friday night at 9. Yeah, tailgate party at Kevin <laughs> yeah. at 7. 